episode 168 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast, recorded July 10th, 2022. My name is Ian. I'm a hermit addicted to mylar and hand warmers on Vancouver Island. Uh, Eric is uh, totally exhausted, recovering from his meeting his fan base at the Prepper Meetup and, you know, having to sign breasts and t-shirts and everything else. It's just too much for him. So he said he's just too exhausted to show up tonight. Wow. Uh, I'm Alan. I'm a safety <laughs> trainer, first responder, security expert, overall safety nerd, and rabid fan of Rapid Survival. Just placed an order with them. And I'm Jeff. I'm based in central Ontario. I am a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman, and weather nerd. Hey, everybody. I'm Brad. I'm in eastern Ontario. consider myself a part-time amateur prepper. He's constantly trying to better himself. Hi guys, I'm Ethan. Uh, I spent 14 months living on the road out of the back of the truck camper. Uh, I've traveled 85,000 K from the Arctic Circle all the way to the southern tip of Baja and right back here to Unterrible. <laughs> Welcome tonight, Ian. Uh, if you want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you should buy some swag. We have both a really awesome, wicked cool Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt although I don't think anybody's wearing one tonight. I am, but you can't see that. Air the, uh, or the tactical Velcro patch. Uh, you can get them both at www.prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on, the backup generator fueled. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. We'd also like your feedback, good or bad, or if there's a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. I'm not wearing a Prepper Podcast t-shirt, but I'm wearing a t-shirt given to me by a listener. Winnipeg Jets t-shirt. Hey, look at that. <clears throat> uh, anyways, we have some minimalist content for this episode. Dad joke. We're going to start <laughs> off with some recent no news. Uh, update our personal preps, so we're going to get on to the main topic, which is living in your bug out vehicle. So, news time. Uh, Sri Lanka seems to be in a bit of turmoil right now. Um economic crisis, all kinds of protests, really nasty things. The prime minister is set to resign if it hasn't happened already. Uh, at some point over the weekend, protesters broke into the prime minister's palace slash house slash residence and burned it down. So after they had a swim in the pool, the didn't they? Yes, they had a swim uh, in the pool. In the crystal clear pool, I'm told. The uh, interesting is, you say he's going to resign. Well, I guess he's resigning from overseas because uh, did you see the the film of him hopping on the ship? Yes, running with one of his aides behind him or something, <laughs> all with a luggage in hand. Get up, yeah. gang, let's go, boys. Any, any bets what was in those suitcases? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> Guarantee it. <laughs> it's a, you know, I was thinking Hans Gruber bearer bonds, cash, diamonds, gold, whatever. You know, I'm sure he just took a lot of it with him. So. But uh, yeah, the the way he skedaddled up that uh, gangplank, I was like, well, I guess you're in a bit of a rush. It was uh, it was interesting to see, yeah, because between the the fuel we talked about a couple weeks ago, and then the economic issues, and uh, the uh, people having enough with the lack of food. I actually just talked to a buddy of mine who's from there, and uh, he was saying, yeah, it's like luckily out in the country it's still relatively sedate, but I guess in the cities it's just a complete gong show. So, anyway. Uh, I'd be running too if I had that kind of money and that many people chasing me. <laughs> but the best part is, is like, why hop on a ship? Like, you know, had all these planes sitting at 
the airport when maybe they had fuel issues. I mean, they didn't have any gas for them. But I mean, I would think Bunk Royal and Jet Fuel are fairly similar for the the ships and the planes. But uh, I guess a couple of people took off uh, uh, Code Monkey Z there, whatever his name is, that, that does the airplane tracking on YouTube. Uh, he was tracking planes coming off Sri Lanka, and there's like you could see a bunch of military guys had stolen planes and left left town as well. So you think he'd be able to get on one of those? He he didn't want to pay the overweight fee for all the bags. <laughs> they would definitely be overweight. Jesus. So anyway, uh, as for myself, well, uh, I'm glad we decided to stick it to the man there with uh, Mr. Putin there, and uh, we had all the sanctions on him, and now. What four months later, uh, Russia's ruble is now the strongest currency in the world. So I should start investing in rubles. Uh, it's probably too late for that. Now you're going to buy high and maybe sell low down the road. So uh, yeah, no, but I mean, he's definitely found workarounds to the sanctions, and you know, obviously the whether or not we should continue them just to stick it to him is is debatable because he's not losing. So anyway. But when, when has not losing ever made ever worked for stopping sanctions? Like uh, we tried to st- we tried to stop communism in Cuba by you know with the U.S. embargoing all trade in the U.S. or all trade to Cuba, and you know forty five years later, fifty five years later, it's still there. So it should work uh, any day now, Alan. Come on, any day. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Dig up. Dig up. <laughs> <laughs> Two more weeks, right? Two more weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more importantly, close to home. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Rogers was down all across the realm. What? That is brand new information. I was not aware of that until this exact moment. Yeah, I mean, unless you were literally living under a rock or at your fish camp. Um, <laughs> yeah, no internet for four days. Loved it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, honestly, uh, I guess pretty much everybody was affected that because I guess not just cell phones, but obviously Interact was a problem. Certain credit cards worked, certain ones didn't. Um and then, yeah, like, a lot of ATMs I heard weren't working. Yeah, so people were having to go into the bank for cash. So instantly there was lineups at the banks, and that was a problem. And yeah, I think it was like you know if I want to channel my inner Star Wars, it's like you know a million teenagers cried out in pain and then were silenced or something. <laughs> anyway, yeah, because it's like my kids had lost their right hand or something. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's pretty interesting the fact that most importantly nine nine one one services didn't work because as we used to talk about, like you could still use nine one one even with a, a SIM cardless cell phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I did if it didn't have a subscription on it anyway, uh, I would still work with nine one one. But I guess nine one one didn't work for pretty much anybody that had a Rogers phone. Well, so. it, it well, was I, the Rogers. I, mean, I, I know obviously from was as much of the problem as the output. So it, it was a lot of uh, um, like a lot of <laughs> phone services were on Rogers. Yeah, but I guess like yeah, you know they were saying like even nine one would normally work, but yeah, nothing. Yeah, and and a lot of. Uh, in the 911 centers, a lot of them now, all of the the phone connections and all of that, it's all on VoIP. It's all voice over internet. So if the internet crashes, guess what? You're screwed. You have no voice. Yeah. Alan's number one fan on the, uh, the live chat <laughs> See right that? Now. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I really uh, hope all your chores are done if you're sitting watching YouTube tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is his Dr. Evil, after all. He's a pretty scary guy, so... Uh, more importantly for our infrastructure and our supply chain, a second glass gas plant in the U S went up in smoke, so to speak. It's not damaged permanently, but it is still, it's going to be offline for a while. We had the Freeport, uh, one that did all the exports to Europe went up in uh, fiery mass about two weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago. And then now we have another one, the okay, what's it called? One okay or whatever, uh, gas plant like that. in Oklahoma. 
yeah, they ended up evacuating the whole area because there's a fire that just mysteriously broke out, uh, putting that one offline. Well, the price of gas was coming down. They had to do something to drive it back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a third one, too. Like, I guess a guy's pipeline uh, mysteriously blew up, too, in, in, in Texas, but they just, you know, kind of sealed it up like a, a pair of arterial clamps, and then, uh, you know, I guess that's fine, but that's gonna means the section of pipeline's offline for a while, but it's like almost like they got the Homer Simpson of safety crew on board right now with all these gas plants. Alan, you should uh, go and uh, tell us what. On that. Yeah. yeah, not a chance. <laughs> I don't. I don't want my name anywhere near that. <laughs> that's like that's like the gas gas plants have information that would put Hillary Clinton in jail. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's funny they weren't hanging in a tree with a shotgun blast to the chest or anything. But yeah. Oh, anyway, mm-hmm. all right. Let's I, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I threw a lot one in there at the last second. Um. For people going right, so the Netherlands farmers protests, kind of their their version of our uh, freedom convoy. Uh, the the farmers there are going after the government about their their the government's new strict environmental rules. I mean, at a time when we all know there's going to be a food shortage and everybody says there's going to be a food shortage, the government decides, well, you know, we're going to change the rules around fertilizing and and all of that stuff so that you know environment we're gonna have to probably shut down a bunch of farms and you guys are just gonna stop making food and it works so well in sri lanka well i mean well exactly because sri lanka was about the organic farming as well and you know what their big uh, complaint was in the netherlands it wasn't carbon this time it was nitrogen nitrogen which you know is only what 72 percent of the earth's atmosphere or whatever Mm -hmm. i mean like um Nitrogen actually makes plants grow. Yeah, it was, like, it was nitrogen and ammonia. Yeah, and I was like, you're not serious. Like, uh, okay, I guess we well, can yeah, breathe it. Com- combined, those things make something really nasty. So they're uh, they're probably reacting to some kind of threat. <clears throat> Oklahoma. <clears throat> <clears throat> but yeah, no, I just, I find it was kind of funny that the fact that they were con- more concerned with nitrogen than, than carbon this time or anything else. But it was just like, what a silly, silly thing to, to start over. But yeah, it was kind of interesting to see, even see little kids on the mini electric tractors following the big tractors and stuff. And it already, <laughs> yeah, t- I, 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 I kind of, the one, the one I laugh about, it's kind of gross, but they had, they had put a bunch of hay bales down and set them on fire. And so the fire guys decided to come and put it out and they're like, yeah, we'll smarten you up. They just covered it with uh, gallons and gallons of manure and then lit it on fire again and said, go ahead, boys, put it out. Have your fun. Yeah, I just can't imagine the smell. They covered a couple government buildings in liquid manure as well. And uh, interesting, it didn't take them long for the cops to just start shooting at tractors randomly that posed no threat. That was interesting too. But uh, yeah, things things are definitely going haywire. Yeah, there's some good videos out there. Like this 16-year-old was driving a tractor and he's just driving it down the road. And cops were just by the side of the room, just took a couple pot shots at him, and, it was, and people got it on film. I was like, "Wow, that's oh my god, unnecessary." But anyway, yeah, no, no, Pierre, we did not touch on the can openers yet. Give it time. I missed my opportunity. <laughs> I, I missed my opportunity with the natural gas to talk about carbon monoxide detectors. But anyway. listen, it's all coming up. Relax, yeah. relax. <laughs> we don't need to rush into this. We're only eleven minutes in. Okay. <laughs> Eased in slowly, just like when I had to. Exp- oh, never mind. Anyways, what have we done lately for preps? Oh, not a whole lot yet. Uh, work, 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 and some more work. Uh, my old shed actually got removed yesterday, 
my new shed, I, I assumed it was going to be delivered today. I think there was some miscommunication there, but you know what I'm they say about sure people that, who assume. What's that? You know what they say about people who assume. Yes, I do. I haven't been made an ass out of yet. Well, I don't know. It seems like you don't have a shed, so I you are correct. <laughs> you are correct. Right? We'll see what happens tomorrow. I have a feeling I said just miscommunication on when it was going to be delivered and when I thought it was going to be delivered, which I thought today would be the day, but I guess not. Other than that, that's it. Just been working. And I was, uh, I did next to nothing. I was out of town for several days and I was already off the grid and could care less about the grid or uh, Rogers or anything else while everybody else was in meltdown. Um, it was a really good time. Weather was phenomenal and can't wait to get the heck out of Dodge again. So you need to know how to sell this stuff, Jeff. You should say I was out practicing my off-grid food harvesting and uh, off-grid living and bug out plans and everything else. You could have wrapped up in all sorts well, of things. You know, that, that could have come into play a little bit there. You know, we may have caught a fish or two or ten. Yeah. See, you were you were honing your you were honing your survival skills. Hey, didn't you realize it? And arm lifts. I workouts, I heard. Yeah, 20, 20, 20 ounce alternating arm curls. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some exercise in there for sure. Uh, as for myself, because we've had so much rain lately, it, uh, it is safe for me to continue chainsawing, despite the fires we had last year. So I was chainsawing in the rain, which I'm sure raised some eyebrows to the neighbors, but it made for some uh, cool work at least. So I've been trying to stack wood again for the next season, try to do a 50% increase because of last winter being so cold uh, to make sure I have more than enough to, make sh to last through the season, which I almost didn't this year. Uh, I've actually come up short. I don't have enough for the year. So I'm trying to find a standing deadfall, knock them down and then, uh, buck them up quickly and get them into the sun for a couple days and throw them right in the woodshed ready for the fall. But that's uh, a bit of a process right now. It has to rain. stop raining for that. It has to stop raining to dry that wood for the last little bit. Yeah. Uh, tried a little bit of something today, which we had, well, I guess the wife's tried it a bunch when she used to live in Japan, but, um, we tried opening up some of our preps and made an interesting dish today which was called Spam Masubi, for those of you into Japanese food. Um, but it basically it consists of uh, taking a can of Spam, uh, which is like... That's all not food, by the way. Spam is not food. It's salt with Bite meat Bite your product. tongue. Yeah, salt with meat product. Come on now. But uh, this is all out of our prep supply, right? So uh, we took a can of Spam, made eight slices out of it, fried it in teriyaki sauce, which is just soy sauce, and, and we did a little interesting take on it. We did maple syrup. And, uh, and vinegar, basically, for lack of a better term. And, uh, yeah, fried it all up and then uh, took some rice, squished it flat into it with this little rice press we have and wrapped it in seaweed, which, of course, like we can collect locally as well. And I uh, made something called Spam Masubi, which was actually quite delicious. I, would, I was not sold on Spam Sushi, but it works. Anyway, so... There you go. Good to know. Yeah. Jeff, the uh, reality of Spam is it's just square hot dog. <laughs> actually, I thought yeah, and, and hot dogs are basically lips and assholes. Yep. Yes, uh, it's yeah, good food. Tubular steak, yes. Hang on. Yep. Uh, yeah, but yep. yeah, uh, it was actually pretty good. And considering the reputation of Spam, I was actually pleasantly surprised. So definitely uh, buy more Spam. Don't forget, anyway. don't forget to add the baked beans and Spam. Spam, Spam, bacon and Spam? Baked beans and Spam. Oh, okay. Uh, unfortunately, I wrenched my back a little bit, so I was a little bit uh, offline for preps and work for a while. But anyways, I made it back to work, and that was the rest of my week. So uh, that's pretty much it for me. 
I uh, spent a lot of time at work. I did some things around the yard. Very little in terms of um, in terms of improvements. Just uh, getting ready for the next stage of landscaping to finish up around the garage. Uh, finish up the design for the squat rack in my garage gym, which was the whole purpose of building the garage in the first place. I did m actually make a um, make a quick trip out to the sale. Uh, we've got one that's not quite in town, but uh, you know, just an hour up the road. Um, went out with one of my uh, one of my search and rescue co-workers or colleagues, and uh, went out and talked talked gear and boots. And of course, I bought a couple of sharp things and a couple of shiny things because I could. And now I'm just trying to put some time together to actually execute the design for my uh, um, for my squat rack, and then I'll be you know, one step closer to being done. Cool. Awesome. Uh, time for the main topic, I guess. So I guess we should start off with why are we talking about this today? Um, I think the Chris Farley skip said it best. It used to be a, a running joke about living in a van down with the river. Now everybody considers it a life goal. <laughs> and like uh, what Van City Van Life, he actually lives just down the hill from me. He's a YouTuber. Um, he's got like half a million followers and people are fascinated by this whole, you know, living in a van. And uh, we all talk about the mythical bug out vehicle. Uh, everybody talks about it and what they put in it, but very few people actually put one together. So that's why we got Ethan on tonight. Um, yeah, much like a like a, a cabin in the woods or whatever, it can be used as a mobile house in normal times. But for uh, harder times, it's an easier transition to just carry on as normal and head into the woods. So uh, Ethan, uh, if you can, just tell us a little bit about yourself for background purposes. Hey, so I just have to say, some of the coolest people I met live down in a van by the river. Like, hands down. <laughs> amazing old people that just have the coolest stories you've ever heard. Like I said, now it's a life goal, right? Yeah, exactly. YouTube's made it that way, right? Instagram, YouTube, you gotta be, or you gotta be that you're not the best if you're not down by the river, out by the ocean. Yeah. But, considering the, the cost of oceanfront property you now. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, if you're down in Baja, you can just park down there for free and sit by the ocean all day long and relax. It's awesome. So what got nice. you into this? So uh, what? Probably about two years ago, I decided to start saving up my money. And uh, I decided to take a year and a half off and see North America. I've been all around before other countries and stuff, but I haven't seen our own. So I decided to leave Ontario um, and drive all the way out to BC, from BC up to the Arctic Circle, um, then all the way down to Baja. It was, uh, it was, it was definitely an adventure. That's for sure. I built two bug out vehicles. So I spent six months building a truck before I left and, uh, best laid plans of mice and men, things go sideways. And I ended up having to build another truck on the road. So it was, uh, it was an adventure. That's for sure. Awesome. So did you make it all the way up to like tuck tire tuck uh, at the end of the dumpster or like how far up did you go? Uh, we made it up, uh, into the Northwest territories, but, uh, due to the, uh, COVID, uh, they had the borders closed going into the Northwest territories. So we made it, uh, up the dumpster where, uh, we decided to crack the flywheel on the truck and, uh, managed to limp it back to Whitehorse and then, uh, get somebody to fix it there. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it was an adventure. It's beautiful up there. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Yukon's awesome for sure. Yeah, you, see you made all the way was, down, all the way down to Baja as well. Yep, yep. So we did. Uh, I think it's about eighty-five thousand kilometers total. 
Um, yeah, all the way down around Baja, we did uh, Wyoming, um, California, Utah. We spent a month in Utah. Um, basically, we tried to get as remote as we could on our trip, and uh, it, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, the amount of you know people that we met, uh, a lot of preppers on the road. You'd be surprised how many uh, how many preppers there are in their bug out vehicles in the middle of nowhere, just enjoying their best life. That's pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the inspiration was just to just for the travel purposes, or like, was there like something else in the, behind the scenes on that one, or just wanted to get away from Ontario, which I can't blame you, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, d- I definitely wanted to see, you know, see everything there is to see. I've traveled everywhere, traveled quite a few other places, and I've never seen Ontario. But besides that, I think it was er, just to get out of Ontario and see, you know, h- how you can make it, how your life changes. You know, we get so stuck in, you know, the routine of going to work and everything all the time. And uh, just to get out there. And it honestly, I was actually amazed at how simple life is once you kind of get out of your your average everyday routine. So when you first kind of put the truck together, like, uh, did you have it stuffed full of, of gear and figure like, do you have way too much stuff or how, how did you figure out what to throw in there? That's for sure. Honestly, when we, when we left, I had everything in the kitchen sink, you know, two is one, one is none. And I packed more gear than I thought possible. I had, you know, six of everything I had, you know, backup for a stove, backup for a backup for a stove. How many can openers did you have? surprisingly i only had one can opener that was a mistake because that can opener broke i know it, it you you plan for the best and still you have failures yeah when you need your spam in the middle of nowhere and you can't open it it it, it gets very frustrating but i mean you get the knife out and eventually you can figure it out right spam has a pull tab no come on it's, it's like the corned beef right it's got the little like spam has actually just a, a pull thing, but yeah, corn beef's got the key. Um, but yeah, no, that's interesting. You didn't run across Brad's vehicle then with the 28 can openers at the back. So no, you must buy like the premium spam or something like that. Cause this stuff definitely didn't have a can. Oh, well, yeah. Didn't, I, have, I, didn't have a twist tab or a pull tab. I, I must think be Ameri- buying the cheap spam. No, I think you got the American spam, which I think does not have the pull tab. So, um, yeah. Awesome. So like when, what made you like, how did you choose your vehicle to start out with? Like, I know you changed vehicles off, but like, did you, uh, you first start off the full on van or the truck camper? Which one did you start with first? So basically I tried to choose the, the apocalypse vehicle, the best apocalypse vehicle I could find. So I'm a mechanic. So I decided to go with, uh, an old Dodge pickup truck, um, an old mechanical diesel truck that I figured could go anywhere and do everything. Um, as simple as possible. I wanted old school, um, simple, you got mechanical injection, you know, the motors run forever. The transmissions kind of have their issues, which we kind of ran into on the road. But, uh, like I said, we, I rebuilt everything top to bottom before we left anything I thought could go wrong. I tried to prepare for, um, and it just goes to show you no matter what you do, there will always be something that you can't prepare for or something that um, you know, you're, you're not expecting and you just have to kind of roll with whatever happens. Um, you know, I bought, uh, bought a pop-up truck bed camper. I put solar on the roof. I put more batteries than I thought I'd need. I, I outfitted it as best of my abilities to the best of my funds at the time. And honestly, I, 
I, I think I overdid it. I, you know, I expected that I would have to have all the conveniences that I had in my normal life. And that was just as far from the truth as possible. I will mm. agree with that. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people try so to maintain. Your... Oh, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, um, like, tell, tell us about your solar setup. You said uh, we were talking before the show. Uh, it was like a 200-watt panel. Can you talk a little bit more about how that worked and what you were able to do with it and um, what you would do differently with it maybe? Yeah, so I went with, um, you know, I just went with a cheap Amazon panel. It was a 200-watt panel. Uh, mounted that on the roof uh, through a cheap Amazon charge controller. Um, I managed to find two used Skyjack batteries. Uh, they're 225 amp hours each. So I had uh, roughly 400 amp hours of uh, power. I never ran it below, we'll say, you know, 80%. I ran everything. It's amazing what you can do with 12 volts nowadays. Just think about your car. So I managed to run all my lights off of 12 volt. Um, charge your phone, charge your everything you have, charge your radios, charge your flashlights. Almost everything you need now can be charged off of 12 volt. I had a little uh, Milwaukee M12 impact set and some stuff like that. That was the only thing I ever charged with an inverter. Other than that, I find an inverter is, um, you know, it, it's a big waste of power in my opinion. Um, it's good for certain things, but not for other things. And other than that, we, uh, you know, Ran propane for our fridge, um, propane for our stove, little things like that. We had a, a small 25-gallon water tank. That's big for some people, small for others. Um, but we found with our truck set up the way it is, we could go average you know, two weeks, no problem, without resupplying. Um, if we needed to, we, you know, we spent, I think, the once we spent almost a month on the road without resupplying biggest thing was fresh food but you know canned food and that kind of stuff can get you a long way and when you're up in the yukon and it's eight dollars for a can of uh can of beans it, it, you know you got to use what you have mm -hmm. and so what was your carbon monoxide detector like in there if you had propane in the uh in the camper so we had a flammable gas detector as well as uh, you know a smoke alarm and a carbon monoxide detector. And I do have to say, I have a buddy heater. And when the pr propane furnace kit or cut out on me the one night, I ended up running the buddy heater inside the camper while I slept. <laughs> Sketchy, but hey, it, it worked. When you when you got to be warm, you got to be warm. And uh, hey, it, it worked. And the carbon monoxide detector didn't go off, and I'm still alive. Well, on that subject, before Alan, well, Alan has a little cry to himself to report that. Um, <laughs> can, uh, with the propane, so you use that for hot water heating, for cooking, and anything else? You said also the stove, or the, the sorry, the furnace, and what else? Yeah, so we just uh, we used it for the stove, uh, for heating the camper, and then um, for hot water. We didn't use the hot water so much. Um, we found uh, honestly, most of the time, you don't need hot water. We're so used to having it, but. At the start of the trip, we had had that going, and you know it uses quite a bit of propane to keep water hot all the time. And hey, we didn't really need it. We the only time we ever needed hot water was for dishes, and we could heat it up if we needed it. So propane was actually it, it, we could last um, if we were just using it for cooking. We could last a month, two months on just a tank. Oh wow! Just That's... one tank, not two. 
Yeah, just one tank. Uh, we had two tanks, so we would swap them out when they got empty. The biggest thing was the heater because it's, it was a soft-sided truck camper, a pop-top, so yeah. it didn't hold the heat well. So when it was cool, we'd burn through a lot of propane there. But uh, besides that, actually, the, the fridge used, I was amazed. I will always swear by a three-way fridge. It used almost no propane. Yeah, I was going to ask if the fridge was done by that. So it's just like a little bar fridge or like full size, like what size of fridge was it? Yeah, it's just it's just a small bar fridge. Um, but again, it, we're so used to having everything in the fridge all the time. You get used to it. Like in Mexico, they don't have their eggs in the fridge. That kind of uh, that still warped my mind a little bit. But there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get refrigerated in other countries that we, we always put in the refrigerator. So, I mean, you can kind of use your space wisely. That's the biggest thing when you have, you know, like any bug out bag or anything, right? It's how much stuff do you want to carry? And we realized very quickly how little we needed. I came from, you know, prepping for everything, having a house full of, you know, everything that I could ever need, backup generators, you know, three sump pumps just in case one failed. And that's what I tried to do initially on the trip. And I realized very quickly that it's just too much stuff to carry around. And it's actually almost a burden. It slows you down. You don't need half of what you actually think you're going to need. I think a lot of people try and maintain what they have in the house into the truck. And yeah, like you said, that's going to lead to congestion at best for sure. That's awesome. Um, I guess. No, go ahead, Brad. We've done a lot of camping. My, my wife and the kids and, a whole group of us and our first time going group camping we had like you said ethan everything plus the kitchen sink not exactly the kitchen sink but you know what i mean and i think a year went by and we went through all of our stuff and realized we don't need at least a third of this and by the end of the second year we went back through it all again and threw out some more stuff and yeah it's amazing how much you don't need when you think you do. Yeah. So like if you uh, yeah. decide to go off into the sticks there and like, you know, Northern BC or whatever, uh, you said you had, it was a 20 pound propane tank. Like how long would, uh, would that last? You said a couple, about a month or something. Yeah. So we had two 20 pounders, uh, in the camper. Um, but that being said, we, so we use the heater or when we use the heater at night, that kind of stuff, you get anywhere between two to three weeks out of a propane tank. Um, and then, you know, if, if you're not using the heater and if you're trying to conserve a little bit more, we'll say you can get, you can get it. You could probably get, probably easily get a month, a month and a half out of a propane tank for just running the fridge and the, um, the, the, the cooking. It was actually, I was amazed at how little propane we went through. So just need to pre-cash like five, five tanks somewhere or something. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If, if I had installed, like, there, there's a million ways to get around everything, right? Like, uh, I was looking at it now. If I did the trip again, I would definitely install a diesel fuel heater. And then uh, I would just run off the diesel fuel. And anybody that's looking tank? for... Uh, so the tank on the truck was, I think it was 125 liters of fuel. Um, I don't know what that is for the Americans out there in gallons. I think it's like 32 gallons, 34 gallons. But... Uh, it surprisingly with the with the first truck would get actually amazing fuel mileage. I could get you know seven eight hundred kilometers out of a tank, but uh, you know I always carried a couple jerry cans with me just in case. Um, but there was a couple times you know 
you get you get pushing a little bit too far and we got going up the Nahani Range Road and then you find a cool road off to the side and you stay a couple extra days here or there and sometimes it gets pretty close cutting it with fuel but it's 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 entertaining and there's there's so far that you can travel there's so much you can see um once you get out that remote we saw you know hunting cabins there's a lot of bug out cabins up there too so i can imagine yeah we went through a couple of them we or you know you get your we camp beside one cabin and kind of took a peek through the windows and you can see what's inside and there's a couple of them up there that are set up i mean you could live out of that cabin for the next 10 years of your life no problem wow uh, what about water? How did you handle the water situation? Did you just uh, filter it on the fly or did you bring a bunch with you in the tanks or? You're going to love this. Life straw bottles are the best thing ever. The life, <laughs> the bottles with the life straw that go in them are amazing. Drink water from anywhere. You can't get the ones you got to put your face down by the river. You got to get the ones that actually go in the bottle. But I mean, we drank, I would say we had to drink three or 400 liters of water out of those. Oh, wow. And they they work they work amazing. I drank Dang. water out of the Ganges River in India, the most polluted river in the world, out of one of those, and I'm still alive. So after a week probably, in the hospital or no? I was gonna say you're probably stronger for it, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether that uh, that takes out the chromium and all the the horrible toxins and stuff like that. But no, no, I survived. I'm still good. Maybe a little bit less mentally deficient now, but we'll see. <laughs> that's awesome yeah so like because i was gonna say once you're in the middle of nowhere that's yeah it's probably not a lot of water resupply unless you filter or whatever your own so that's awesome yeah one of the amazing things or one of the cool things i found was we were getting way up in the middle of nowhere uh up in the north and there's these helipads that some of these companies put down there's 200 300 barrels of diesel fuel jet fuel gasoline it's crazy it's like a restock supply place so i mean i'm not saying that some of those may have gone missing once or twice, but I mean, we were getting close to running empty on fuel once or twice. Fair enough. No, yeah, nobody's gonna notice one well, barrel missing. Jet, jet B and diesel is almost like interchangeable; like they're pretty much chemically identical. So that's definitely a lot to be said for that. So versus a gas vehicle, which that wouldn't do you a whole lot of good. So yeah, the diesel truck runs perfectly on jet fuel. It, it, it runs great. It, it works amazing. That's for Alleg- sure. allegedly. Allegedly, yes. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, let's talk about the food aspect. So, like, did you make 14-course meals in the back of the truck, or how did that work? So, really, you just – you pair your meals down to what you need, right? So, yeah, we did bring some of the freeze-dried food. We brought some of that. That stuff gets very expensive. So, it just gets – you know, you get to the basics. But one thing that we found is I eat a lot of pasta, and I love pasta. I could eat it every meal. But pasta uses a lot of water. So we realized very quickly that if we make pasta every night, we run through a tank of water in a week. So realized, you know, some foods like rice some pre-made foods, crackers, lunch meats, that kind of stuff. That, that stuff is, is key. Canned beans, just basically the same things you eat at home. Biggest thing for me is coffee every morning. So had a lot of coffee. That was probably our, our, our supply trips were very coffee fueled. <laughs> Obviously the, uh, the aspect of hunting in Canada would be one thing, which you wouldn't do a whole lot of good once you cross the border, but uh, was there any fishing to be had uh, along the way? 
Oh, there, there's fish in every river. You could see them. I, I do not have the patience to fish. I tried. I'll sit there for 10 minutes and after 10 minutes, I'm done. I don't have, I've got ADHD and cannot fish to save my life. If I needed to, I don't think I could, but yeah, there's, there's resources everywhere. There's, you know, there's people everywhere. We met so many amazing people on the road that, you know, would share their fish. You know, they've been out catching fish all day and they'll share their fish. So we had some, you know, fish with friends and it, it's amazing just the type of people that you meet when you're on the road and the kindness of strangers, you know, everybody helps everybody else out. Um, you know, we've shared meals with friends, you know, somebody is low on fuel and you have a jerry can, Hey, help them out. It's, it, it, it's absolutely amazing. Hmm. I think awesome. people are more, um, kind than we give them credit for. I think that we always think worst case scenario. And I think that the biggest thing is it's just think about yourself. If you were to encounter somebody going through hard times, you know, you'd help them out. And it's, I think it's pretty well the same with everyone. We, we, we were pretty lucky that way. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, quick question about the, we talked about the furnace for the thing. What happens if the trailer got too hot? Is there a way that you had to kind of cool the thing down if you're down the Baja or whatever? No, we, that was one thing we were in uh, BC just South of Lytton during the wildfires last year. And it was, I think it was 52 degrees in the shade. And it was, no, we, we sat in, but I mean, at the same time we could walk down to the river and I couldn't believe how much colder the rivers were. So you park in a van down by the river and Hey, it drops 10, 15 degrees, natural cooling. Yep. Definitely makes things a little more temperate for sure. And then you had the same kind of experience when you were in like Death Valley, where it was just ridiculously hot, right? Yeah, well, that, that was the crazy thing about this year. No matter where we were, the temperatures were crazy. So we had um, in BC, we had the wildfires and we had, you know, the extreme heat. And then we went through Wyoming. There was massive snowstorms in Wyoming when we were there. Um, we drove down into the Mojave Desert and uh, we got a rainstorm while we were in the Mojave Desert. Um, we were in Death Valley, California, and it snowed. I couldn't believe it. So, you know. You got to be prepared for everything, but I could not believe the temperature extremes. So even when we were in Baja, it was 12 degrees, 13 degrees Celsius in Baja when we were down there at the start, like just abnormal temperatures everywhere we went. So it put our, uh, our preps to the test. We made sure we had lots of blankets and we just, you know, you do the best you can with what you have. So with the space that you had available, like how much food could you keep on board? Uh, reasonably expect to keep on board anyway. So ideally we had probably about five square feet of room. So it doesn't sound like that much, but when you can, you know, when you can pack, when you keep your food boxes small, you pull, you know, you have a big box of food and then you pull the little package of food out from the big box, like cereal, whatever you actually can save quite a bit of room. And uh, I was amazed at actually how long we could last on the food we had. I think it was generally the coffee that, uh, that got us more than anything. Um, but uh, yeah, food, even in that small space, we could pack enough food for two people for probably a month if we stocked up right. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. It, it seems like 
we 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 thought we were going to have to you know stop every week and resupply. Um, and there's some weeks that we did stop, you know, every week, fresh vegetables are a thing, you know, you run out of fresh vegetables, you run out of, out of food, maybe that you want to eat more and you run into food that you have to eat. But if you, if you really want to like the water and the food and the propane, you could stretch it. I was actually amazed at how, how little I needed. So we, we tried to bring along everything that we possibly, you know, would ever need and, we didn't need half of it, you know, from prepping. I'm used to, you know, you got to have every single thing. And it was, it was amazed at the stuff we didn't need. You know, we brought, you know, saws, knives, you know, chainsaws, that kind of stuff. And yeah, for 99% of it, you don't need it. Right. But we always think of worst case scenario. Yeah. I would think like the, yeah, the wood handling, tools you'd use them all the time but maybe not so much uh let's just want a campfire for fun i guess but yeah i think i i only used the hatchet like three or four times so we were able to get wood or we were able to collect wood that was already in small enough pieces because i was thinking you know i brought the axe the hatchet everything and that being said most of the time you know you find smaller limbs that are down in the forest you can break them off you could get enough um, firewood that way you didn't really you didn't have trees that you were going to chop down and then split so it was just a different way of going about and thinking about things right if you're in a cabin in the woods you got to have an axe but for what we were doing i was amazed you don't need an axe right just things like that you just got to change your perspective on what you actually use and what you don't yes yeah, so there's one thing to have things that you don't need on board but what anything that you didn't pack enough of like that you know consistently kind of became a problem Definitely underwear. Underwear is key. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we did our wash. Um, it was amazing. We found lots of simple ways to do things. So we'd put a five-gallon bucket, throw our clothes in the five-gallon bucket, put some laundry detergent in there, and then go for a long drive down a bumpy road. And by the time you get there, rinse the clothes out, and they're pretty clean. So, you know, you find inventive ways of doing things, but... Laundry is a pain when you're on the road, that's for sure. Trying to find a laundromat, doing things that way, washing them in a river. Found out washing them in the ocean doesn't work so well. Salt water doesn't work as well as I thought it would. I would think it'd be super soft water, you know what I mean? Like, But I guess it'd be like a, a residue left behind or something. Yeah, it leaves, leaves your black clothes with some salt stains on them, and you got to rinse them with fresh water after. And doesn't it start to degrade the uh, the fabrics a little bit more? I'm sure that's one thing we, I ran, I went through a lot of clothes. I bought, you know, the Carhartt pants that I wear normally I thought would last and that kind of stuff. Just when you're, when you're using it and abusing it all day long, you, you got to buy good quality stuff. And I thought Carhartt was really good quality stuff, but I mean, those pants, even the canvas, the heavy canvas pants, when you start washing them with salt water and, you know, using them every day like that, they do wear a lot faster than I thought. So I think, yeah, I think that, um, you know, spend the money where it's due. I think that's one of the things I learned as well. I bought a lot of, you know, cheaper stuff and it cheaper stuff is good. You know, Chinese Amazon quality stuff is good if you're not sure whether you're going to use it. And then slowly over the trip, we upgraded to, you know, better quality stuff. Like I had, everyone's got to have max tracks, but they're a traction board for in case you get stuck. Hmm. I got stuck. I got out. I didn't need them. So I just bought the cheap Amazon ones and I used them twice. But 
there's a lot of gear that you can spend a lot of money on if you don't really need it. So I think there's a, you know, there's a use for everything. Some things premium quality, some things, you know, get away with the cheap stuff for now. What about uh, on the fly first aid stuff, like be on the ouch pouch? Is there anything that you kind of came up, you kind of needed or didn't need or anything else? No, surprisingly, I actually hurt myself a lot less on this trip than I do at home. So I, uh, I didn't need the first aid kit that much, but I have a, you know, a full, full trauma first aid kit. Um, I took with me everywhere. Um, you know, when you're up on a quad in, quad in the mountains in the middle of nowhere, it's a good thing to have. I, we put it in our backpack all the time. Um, just in case we had a very, very good first aid kit. We spent the money on that. And surprisingly, we never had to use it. Hmm. Better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Right. That's for sure. That's for sure. Awesome. Um, uh, yeah, that was pretty good overall. Actually, let's talk about your truck breakdown there. So, uh, you said you were up in the Dempster when the, the, the first truck started to go downhill. Yeah. So, I mean, it, up in the Dempster, uh, middle of nowhere, so we passed Eagle Plains gas station. It's a gas station hotel in the absolute middle of nowhere. And we talked to a guy there that had broken spark plugs and he was been waiting three weeks for a set of broken spark plugs. And so then we get up to the Arctic Circle and we keep on going and the truck starts making weird noises. And, you know, you know, when you're, you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach and you're in the middle of nowhere, you haven't seen anybody in a day. And uh, it, it's just most horrible noise you've ever heard. And so I get out there trying to figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Um, limped it down to, um, down to Dawson city, uh, you know, only a couple hundred miles and then a couple hundred kilometers from there, limped it down to Whitehorse. had the, it was muddy and snowy. I couldn't figure out what it was. So I had it in there. They ended up putting a transmission or a transmission flex plate in it. Um, Thought that fixed the issue, was good for another 300, 400 kilometers, and it broke again. Exact same thing. So, I mean, you either have a choice of, you know, you can give up, come home, cut your losses. Um, nobody could look at the truck for a couple months. So, we decided we would just, uh, you know, buy a new truck as is, where is, sight unseen on the road, bought a new truck, and uh, kept on going. So, we bought a new truck, transferred the camper over, transferred the batteries, we were stuck in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere, got a rental vehicle, went and picked the truck up and swapped it all over and continued on. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. It was, it was about a two week adventure to get it uh, all set up and swapped over. But uh, Hey, that's just, that's just the, that's just life, right? You always encounter problems. You, you can't foresee every circumstance. And I think the biggest thing is being able to adapt to the circumstance. So you never know what's going to happen. You could prep, you know, do everything you can for preps, have everything in your house, and then your house burns down, right? Then what's going to happen? What are you going to do? So you yeah. got you, you to make the best of what you got. That wouldn't happen if you had a good fire extinguisher and uh, smoke detector on board. <laughs> well, maybe you could have found a better truck on CGN or something. Oh. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the trifecta. We've hit all the points at 47 minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, there you go. Uh, quick question. Uh, your go-to knife? Um, my go-to knife? Um, I have an old Smith & Wesson that I've had. I actually found it at the dump about 10 years ago. 
and that knife has been the best knife. It holds an edge. I have it with me most of the time, and it's just got it for free, found it on the side of the road, and it's it's been an amazing knife, and hey, it's my go-to. It's a fixed blade? Yeah, it, yeah it's a fixed blade knife. Uh, no sheath or anything like that. It's kind of hard to carry that way, but uh, I've got a makeshift sheath I made for it, but uh, it, it, it works, and uh, I actually didn't need it once on the trip. It's something you think you're going to need every day, and oh. I surprisingly didn't need it once. I was amazed. And a question from the YouTube chat. What what'd you do with the old truck? So, funny story. If you guys have ever seen uh, Rust Valley Restorers or uh, Barrier Towing, um, randomly I had it towed to a towing yard, and uh, the guy asked me, do I know who Big Donnie is? And he was Big Donnie. And so I guess he's a big TV star, but he stored my truck for me for uh, six months. And then when I got back to Ontario, I made the very stupid decision, I guess, to uh, drive all the way back out to BC, pick it up and tow it all the way back home. So it was, a, I think, what would it be, about an 8,000-kilometer round trip, 9,000-kilometer round trip from one to the other just to pick the old truck up. It's got sentimental value now. It's made it to the Arctic Circle. And now it will run again, regardless <laughs> yeah. of the cost. Yeah, so I wonder what keeps on causing the flex plates to break like that. There's got to be obviously something, you know, adjacent to it that's causing some sort of bad harmonics or something or bad balance. Yeah, I've got... Uh, I had my transmission builder build the transmission before uh, I left, and... Uh, I think that there's an issue in the transmission because it's a Dodge. There's always issues in the transmission. So we'll see if I can get that fixed. I've got it home and I've got it all torn apart right now. So we'll see what failed. But uh, that, that, that's the fun part. It's the, you know, the worst times in your life sometimes are the times you look back on fondly now, right? Now that it's done and passed and you made it work. So. Hmm. So out, outside of your, your vehicle expenses, what, what do you think you laid out for your 14 month run? Like we're talking fuel and food and whatever. What did you think it was? Uh, your bill was roughly. So I'm kind of proud, but kind of stupid. Also, honestly to say that, uh, I didn't take a single penny from the government. I, uh, I quit work, put my two weeks notice in on my 30th birthday and said, uh, Hey, we're going to go off on this trip. So a year and a half, we'll say 14 months total. Um, sounds like a lot. We probably spent about 80 grand, 80,000, but that being said, I bought a $20,000 truck. I honestly also got married while we were out there. So probably spent $5,000 getting married. I bought a $5,000 quad and then I stayed, we decided to stay in a hotel, uh, probably twice a month just to, uh, enjoy. And that's also spending money on sightseeing and, uh, other things. So, I mean, the biggest bill, the biggest expense out of everything was definitely fuel. And uh, it, it sounds like a big number, but also you got to think of how many kilometers we did, right? You got to think 80,000 kilometers, $80,000. That's, you know, that's not really too bad for what we saw. But I mean, if you were just to stay in one place, um, like when we were up in the Yukon, besides food and stuff like that, if you had a fully stocked trailer, you could probably stock up, you know, food, propane, that will say cost you $200. You could live off that for a month easily. 
and just sit in the same spot and not spend any money. So it, the bugging out is inherently fairly cheap because you're being pretty self-sufficient. Um, you know, we had, we still had to buy food and stuff like that, but it was actually a lot cheaper than we expected if we just stayed in the same spot. So when we were in Baja sitting on a beach, food was cheap. Uh, we could buy tacos at the taco stand on the beach. So when we were in Baja, I think we spent $20 one week total, like just amazing. Oh yeah, I think it it depends on how, many, how much you want to run the truck before you know it gets super expensive. But actually, it doesn't seem like unreasonable considering what you got accomplished, right? How much are these tacos? Uh, tacos were, let me think, twenty pesos, ten pesos per dollar, so two dollars roughly, I think. Um, so two dollars would get you probably six tacos they're small tacos but they're six tacos the most delicious tacos of your life this is brad with the really important questions oh yeah that's absolutely like that it's food and you guys go get your case of dos Equis or whatever and you're you're on your way <laughs> yeah tecate beers in baja that's it's yeah. all tecate beer and uh the fish tacos are amazing they you know they go out and they catch the fish in the morning then they come back and they fry it for you in the afternoon and make you tacos Absolutely amazing. Because there, yeah, like you said, for the eighty thousand dollars you spent, and you walked away with a, a new truck and a new quad, as well as all that stuff. That's actually, it's not bad. And a whole bunch of hotels. I actually think that's pretty good. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say even the like you said, the knowledge you gained is probably you're worth every penny too, right? <clears throat> that's for sure. Yeah, just even honestly, what I find now more than anything is it's just it's it's changed my perspectives a lot, and it's changed I think my confidence level. Um, I was honestly very into prepping before, you know, I don't want to say I was worried about things, but I was cautiously, you know, pessimistic about them, we'll say, um, just, you know, wondering what could happen. And I think now it's more of a, just an acceptance, understanding that, Hey, whatever happens, I will be able to make it work. Um, you know, worst case scenario, you know, I can figure my way through, you know, what to do. I think that's the biggest change I found. Awesome. Uh, quick question again. Uh, preferred fire starting method? Ooh, definitely for me, it's uh, lighter fluid or a bottle of gasoline. <laughs> well, that's for the old Dodge truck. No, I mean, no, seriously. Uh, what about no. like just for barbecue lighters or uh, what's for the stove? What's your preferred yeah. matches? Yeah, Bic lighters. Honestly, yeah. I carry... I carry 25 Bic lighters on me at all times. That's that two is one, one is none. I have lighters on everything, everywhere, in every bag, in every pocket. Because honestly, I'm not the guy that's going to start fires in the woods with two sticks. Awesome. It's not going to happen. So I figure I've got enough flammable liquid. I will, I will make something burn if I need to. But I realized in Vancouver, when it's been raining for days and days at a time, it is very hard to find anything dry to light on fire. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, the oil in your chainsaw that you didn't use. I was going to say, like, split a piece of cedar down the middle. It will probably burn no matter what. But anyway, uh, but yeah, gasoline. Dry with match. Yeah. Um, anything that you brought along completely useless that you thought would be like a, a awesome prepper tool besides the knife, I guess. 
Well, not so much a prepper tool, but you know, we br I brought a uh, computer and a lot of electronics that I thought I would use a lot more and yeah. it's just enjoying life and, you know, not needing that. Uh, as far as prep supplies, not really. I didn't need the fire extinguisher. I guess that's a good thing, but yeah, honestly, I used whatever I had. Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I really threw out. Um, a lot of little things, just, um, you know, stuff as you go, tools, that kind of stuff. I, you know, brought extra, didn't need, but if you need them, you need it, right? Yeah, totally fair. Awesome. Um, you guys have anything else for questions? Tell me you brought some extra 10 mil sockets. <laughs> if you could find them. Hey, I brought lots of 10 mils. And I also brought my nice $200 Mac ratchet and it is now somewhere in the middle of the Mojave desert. I had to pull oh. the sway bar off and I dropped it in the sand and it disappeared and somebody will find a really nice expensive three H drive ratchet in the middle of the desert somewhere. Scorpion <laughs> ran away with it or something, but well, wouldn't you be using the half inch versus 10 mils? Really? Oh, that's American truck. No, no. Everything is metric. If it's not metric, metric will fit. Everything is metric after <laughs> 1980. I uh, guess I'm that old. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is metric. And if not, you can pound a metric socket on it. But I mean, I had a full set of three eighths, half inch drive sockets. I had every tool I ever thought I could need. And turns out it was way too much. Didn't so basic, like, like a good, like a, a good Stanley kit from Canadian Tire would do you with a, uh, a hammer and a pry bar? Oh, for sure. Yeah. A uh, pair of vice grips, pair of side cutters, <laughs> a hammer. Um, adjustable wrench. Yeah. Adjustable wrench, basic toolkit. Yeah. I, I, sh I should actually do up a little, uh, a little toolkit of what you could use, but yeah, I was amazed. You know, you can, you can use almost nothing. Um, you know, zip ties, you can zip tie anything together. You need just a duct few tape. key items. Yep. Zip ties and duct tape. It'll fix anything you need. And Melissa in the live chat is asking about medications. If you needed them, did you find things, uh, did you find it hard to keep a supply? Did you find it hard to source things while you were out there? No, actually, I didn't have any medications with me. I don't need to take any medications. That being said, um, you know, your average stuff like uh, Pepto-Bismol, um, all that, the basic medications that you bring, we actually didn't need almost anything. I was amazed. I get headaches back home, that kind of stuff. After I left, left the stress of the job and everything behind, I was good. Drink lots of water and didn't need Advil, didn't need anything. It was actually amazing. So we didn't have problems restocking almost anything. Um, we actually, the only thing we had a problem with was diesel fuel. On our way home, going through the States, there was a couple of uh, petro stations, or not petro stations, but uh, pilot truck stops that were running out of diesel fuel. So... At that point, we decided that we needed to get home very quickly because it looked like uh, the States was going to run out of diesel fuel there for a while. But I didn't see anything about it in the mainstream media or the news, but uh, there was quite a few stations by the diesel. Is uh, your newer truck, does it still run uh, without the Blue Death, or does it uh, need that? Well, I mean, at one point it needed it when it came from the factory, but it Allegedly. no longer... It, it no, it no longer um, uses any right now. I don't know. It just it. I put it in there and it doesn't do anything. That's so weird. It never, it never goes away. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's good, no, good it, to know. It, it's Modifications great. were good. Huh? 
No, I think he just had a good stern talking with it, and that's probably good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. not illegal if you don't get caught, right? That's right. Uh huh. So I've been told. <laughs> All right. Well, that's pretty awesome. That's a great, uh, great overall synopsis of everything. Um, I like as far as what you saw on the road, like uh, Death Valley, Hot Springs, anything along the lines, wildlife. What really stuck out at you? So. Hot springs are absolutely amazing. Um, so many hot springs in BC. You know, we find all the secret hot springs. Um, Idaho was actually amazingly full of hot springs. Um, too many hot springs. Uh, when you go in hot springs for four hours, five days in a row, it can get to be a little bit too much. But uh, yeah, hot springs, uh, amazing places. Utah was absolutely beautiful. Canyonlands. There's so many absolutely amazing places. I would have to say BC, the Kootenai Mountains, beautiful. Um, and then the Yukon, just stunning. Love getting up in the middle of nowhere where there's just nobody around. It most beautiful places I've ever seen. In the summer, I would agree. But <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't there in the winter, so... Yeah, you sure. don't want that 24-hour darkness, which kind of sucks. So. Awesome. Well, uh, should we move into the podcast challenge? We should. Find three things to put in your vehicle to allow for some basic services away from town. Three 10 mil sockets does not count. If you do complete the podcast challenge, send us an email at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Let us know what you did, how it's working, whether you've needed it, or even if you've discovered something along the way that you wish you'd had. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Again, that's feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right. Uh, upcoming events. Just got one left. We just finished the Preppers Meet, of course. Uh, but TACOM is still coming up September 9th to 11th in Mississauga. Uh, you can get all the details at tacomcanada.com. Uh, Jeff? Do you is there going to be a... Them? podcaster booth there like we talked about a couple of years ago no we uh nobody else wanted to do it so it was uh scrubbed jerks yeah anyway jeff do you have some weather chat for us still there jeff yeah basically in uh capital letters it's going to be hot no ifs ands or buts about it um the drought status i was looking it up in the u.s uh the other day, and it is uh, exponentially worse than they anticipated. Uh, basically, the Midwest United States, like Upper Michigan area, um, Wisconsin, those areas that typically don't have a problem with drought are having moderate to severe drought areas already. So, and we're not even into the real heat of the summer now. So, um, it's only going to get worse again. As uh, we always say, don't be scared, be prepared. Yeah, well, they say that uh, the Hoover, uh, Lake Mead, Hoover Dam will be a dead pool by the end of the summer. So, meaning no power generation and no water leaving it. So, that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, deal of the week. I, it's going to make uh, Alan be a little bit angry with me for mentioning it, but it's the uh, Costco first aid kit. Uh, it's not the world's best equipment, but it is good value for dollar spent. It's $29.99 on sale right now. Item number. 9-11-2022. Interesting. Ooh. Interesting choice. Interesting, Actually, yes. 
Yes, it's uh, it actually changes every year, just with the the year, of course. Uh, but it's actually a great deal. They've got stacks of them in cost. No, I, I genuinely have nothing bad to say about those kits. Uh, as you yeah. said, for like value for dollar, they're they do everything that they're supposed to do. Even the kid, even the case alone, it comes in is decent. Like you can always refill it, and it's you know a decent case. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a good thing. So, shout outs. Uh, I just want to say thanks to Ethan for coming on tonight. Uh, real pleasure. Um, we may have to do this again because uh, Ethan and I have had 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 the opportunity to sit and uh, talk about some of the stories, and they've been some really cool ones. So um, Ethan is also part of the Discord chat. So if you want to hit him up on there, he might be willing to tell some more stories there. Uh, but thanks for coming on, and thanks for being such a such a long time listener. No problem. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. It was a great, uh, great experience. I listened to you guys on the road for uh, for hours and hours and hours on end. So it's nice to be able to talk to you guys and meet you guys and see everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's one I was. Yeah, but yeah, but actually, it's uh, I'm actually curious to see what your toolkit looked like and everything else for the on the Discord, and you know, maybe come back on and talk to us about that as well. It's, that'd be awesome. So. I was going to say too. I'd like to see uh, your uh, your inventory kind of thing of what you actually took with you and what you actually used, and what you would have uh, stayed behind if you go and do the trip again. Oh, I can definitely write up a uh, write up a full a full write up on all that stuff. I still have to go through everything since I've gotten back. As soon as I got back, I just kind of shoved everything in a closet and forgot about it. But. Uh, definitely if we are planning another trip i will eliminate some stuff and add some stuff so i should go through and write up a full list of uh you know what would be essential items and what would be uh you know some good things to have yeah the very least you can go back on later and just remind yourself (laughs) yeah exactly so uh i'll see if i can get something together and uh probably post that in one of the discord cool uh ebl itunes reviews so from John, he says, happy Canada Best wishes from Virginia. Awesome. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks, John. That's and really nice. Got... I appreciate you thinking of us. Yep. And we got one from Joe. Thanks, Joe. He said, I stumbled across your guys' podcast on Spotify. It's entertaining, full of uh, useful information. I'm a slacker prepper. Well, then get on it. I have half the things I need for a family of four, but I'm working on it. But so if you're working on it. Yeah, if you're working on it, you're 90% ahead of the rest of the population. So nothing to so be... You, you uh, pick your favorite on. kid and focus on that one. Oh, it's like the Sophie's Choice of Prepping. Oh, that's <laughs> very dark. All right. Uh, we got actually an awesome email from Sasha. Uh, unfortunately, we're just uh, it's going to take us... We're going to go off on a scroll moment if we address that one. But what we're going to do is hopefully get Sasha on here to talk about his, uh, his email with a bunch of prepping ideas. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll see if we can re- kind of redress this as a specialized episode. So we haven't forgotten about you, but we'll get back to you. Yeah, I read that email. I, it's it's full of great information. It's an entire episode unto itself. So I think we should uh, we should dedicate some time to that. Uh, I got another email. I don't know what it is. We uh, we got a lot of a lot of correspondence this week. Um, I got an email from Kyle. Um, he sent it to me rather than you guys because I'm first alphabetically. But he said. Uh, um, hi, Alan, and all the crew from the Prepper Podcast. My name's Kyle. I'm a faithful listener from Central Alberta. As I was listening to the news issues in your recent search and rescue episode, 
the 911 triage caught my attention. I recently listened to another podcast that might interest you guys. It's called Radio Lab. The episode is No Special Duty on June 17, 2022. Talks about American police and what they're actually legally obligated to do or not do to help citizens in certain situations. I've heard of similar stories here in Canada, and it really emphasizes the need to be able to look after oneself. Then, of course, there are all the tangents of gun control, self-defense, and liability, etc. Anyways, I think it's worth a listen. Good work uh, to all of you there. Love the show. Keep it up. FYI, currently working northwest of Fort St. John. Diesel is 245.9 a liter. Ouch. Thanks, Trudeau. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but uh, I, it's on my list. I, my new job is going to take, uh, uh, take me on the road about an hour and a half each way for a little while. So um, I'm going to be uh, looking for a few new shows to listen to, and that's uh, something I was going to plan on for one day this week, take a quick listen to that and see, uh, see where they are. Uh, and then I'd be really interested to do a compare and contrast with, uh, with Canadian police and see how it compares to what, uh, what our obligations are here. Well, yeah, I mean, I think down the state has bounced up against the Supreme Court like three times now, and they've consistently said no duty to protect the public. They only have to do, they only have a duty to protect themselves, basically, which is um, awesome, but you know, great. And but it goes against their slogans, which is usually to serve and protect. Um, so it doesn't work very well for them. Uh, but they also, by the same token, they turn right around and say, "But you're perfectly allowed to defend yourself." Of course. This is one of the differences between Canada and the States. We actually had uh, the most recent case was the Queen versus Godoy. And they said that the police do have a duty to protect and serve and protect the lives of its citizens. Matter of fact, to the point where they're allowed to do stuff they normally wouldn't be allowed to do, which is like storm into houses if they feel they can protect a life, um, which would be trouble down the States, of course. Uh, and of course, can, you know, consequently, we don't have the as much of a solid case for self-defense in Canada as they do in the States, like no castle laws or anything like that or, or, or no stand your ground laws or anything else. So unfortunately different countries, different outcomes, but um, our police are definitely a little more obligated to protect the public. Because if the government can't protect us, then who can? Exactly. So unfortunately I don't, I can't say which one I disagree with or agree with at this point, because that's for the other podcast. However, um, it's just very <laughs> interesting to see the differences. Anyway, on that note, before I get in deep into politics, uh, I'm going to bring episode 168 of the Canadian Purple Podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Please help us out in some interview. It helps other people find us. And we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. That gives you an alert when we're going live. If you want to send an email to me, you can get me directly at Alan, that's with one L, at prepperpodcast.ca. And if you want to reach me, you can just send a uh, generic message to feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. I can be reached at batbradcpp at gmail.com if anybody wants to chat. And uh, if you want to chat with me, you can uh, send me a message on Instagram at middlemiss underscore adventures, or you can uh, catch me on the Discord server a little bit later. Awesome. Uh, have you got a username that you want to share on Discord or just keep it down low for now? Uh, I'll keep it down low for now. I'll uh, log in on it uh, a little bit and I'll let you guys know. Okay, sounds good. All right, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. Uh, 
once in a while. You can find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast, which is on iTunes and YouTube. Recording Monday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm also in the Discord chat for both CPPs. Uh, email us if you want to invite. We've had some problems lately, and I've had to manually email a bunch of guys, but that's fine. Uh, keep the emails coming. Uh, there you can find us discussing why government waste and society has me outfitting my little truck bed for sleepovers. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning.